0: What's up, everybody? I'm your host, a black hole hell dimension, and that is my co-host, an evil spaceship full of blood. And welcome to the Grindhouse Syndicate, a horror movie podcast where today we are covering 1997's cult classic, Event Horizon. Fucking Space Hellraiser. Sam Neill is basically pinhead in this movie. We have such space to show you. You 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 ruined my comparison. I, oh, did I take your I Hellraiser comparison? You he did. Oh, sorry. Jeez, <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> I think when I described this movie, I think I described it as like Space Hellraiser to you. I think that's how everybody describes it. Yeah, I wish there had been a little more Hellraiser and a, a, a whole lot less space, but... Well, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, I have been trying to do this movie on the show for a while. I have mentioned it. Oh man, I don't even remember. I can't even. I think it was like probably like the fifth or sixth episode I mentioned doing this. I like guess it's, it's been a while, and you didn't really want to do it for a while. So yeah, everybody who knows me knows how much I fucking love space horror movies. You like um, space, I've, don't like space horror. I like real life space. No, oh. not not space horror movies. I'm not a I'm not a big sci fi. Uh, a horror guy. I I don't know how else to say that. You know the Star Wars movies are good, but uh, not you, horror. But, no sci-fi. I'm saying no. I was gonna say I'm not a, I, like I don't like sci-fi, but I, there's some all right sci-fi. I'm not a big sci-fi guy, but sci-fi horror. Sci-fi guy. I am this fucking anti sci-fi guy. Mm. A- anti sci-fi horror guy. Yeah, for those of you who are not catching on, this was a first-time watch for him. So, uh, as soon as it was over, I wanted to come in there and ask you what you thought of it. But I was like, well, we're about to talk about it for like an hour and a half. So, I'll just hold off. Well, um, you'll know. You'll know by the end of this. I will say this. I don't like space horror movies anymore than I did before. Oh, uh, oh, bummer. I, I'm not saying... it's. it's I didn't think it was a bad movie i just it was very spacey kevin spacey no no we can't say him i think he canceled i think he's canceled Didn't he touch some he kids, keeps trying isn't? to come back i think though smelling kids or for some weird shit mm, look what's going on in my pants uh, but that first the kevin spacey <laughs> now <laughs> but first if you want to stay up to date on what is going on with us or the show, talk about or submit your movie request or just say hey. You can always find us at one of our social media accounts or our very awesome new website. And there you can find everything pertaining to the show, all the links, everything, the new YouTube channel, the Patreon info, our reviews, uh, a little bit about us, like a little bio if you you end know, into reading, uh, you can sign up for new news before we announce it. Uh, all the directories that we are on are there. Pretty much all those links for that. And, of course, you can listen to all of our regular episodes there as well. It is a one-stop shop. Good stuff. So the official website for the show is GrindhouseHorrorPod.com. The Patreon is The Grindhouse Syndicate, a horror movie podcast. Facebook at the Grindhouse Syndicate Horror Podcast. Instagram, pod. There's a YouTube, so just, you know, type in the fucking name in the YouTube search bar. And the TikTok at Grindhouse.Horror.Pod. And, uh, you know, we haven't made a TikTok video in a while. If not, we, we got an entire beard for a TikTok video and never made it. Yeah, so... I made us a TikTok video the other night, and basically what I did was I took some pictures of uh, those, I had some pictures of us actually recording, uh, One, I don't remember what episode it was, and then I had some pictures of kind of that we had taken of some of the like horror movie stuff and all this, like back when we had like the scream, we did the thing for the scream movie or whatever, yep. and uh, I did that, and then I went through and I did all the hashtags, I did all the shit that you have to do for TikTok to be... Relevant. And then I posted it and I was like, cool. And then literally three seconds later, it was removed from TikTok. For what? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck did it get taken down for? It was removed for violating, was it violating community standards or something? Kids can eat fucking Tide Pods and kill themselves on fucking TikTok. But what what was the community standard guidelines that we fucking shit on? Uh, Yeah, so it didn't tell me it just sent me the the guidelines or whatever and i read through them and what i discovered was the only thing in there that violated anything was the jason mask with the fake blood on it what yep i yeah, feel like there's a like a bunch of tiktoks of like fx people doing like gnarly ass shit to their fucking hands and and like cut cut throats and it's like Two thousand fucking eighteen-year-old girls doing their fucking makeup on there, but you can't have a little bit of fake blood on a Jason mask. Yeah, it. You know, the in the picture, it's really bright, and I don't know if they just had something against very realistic blood. That was the only thing in the pictures that I could see that violated the the community standard rules, whatever they're called. What if what if he got it playing hockey? And it's legit. You know, I don't know because I posted that mask when we did the Friday the thirteenth episode. And it was fine. But the rest of the picture was just us recording. You know what? I feel fucking violated. Tell you should. tell TikTok I feel violated. Yeah. Just take TikTok down. Replace it with our website. <laughs> But yeah, you, TikTok. yeah, that's the only thing I need to think of is that, that fake blood because, I mean, I'm, what's did what's you, wrong with us did, recording? Did you try to run it again? No, I was so aggravated. Maybe there's all it. these like fake podcasts on TikTok now. They're just taking them out. <laughs> and they thought we I were. think that's half of TikTok. I doubt they'd get rid of fake that. Fake podcast. Yeah, when I seen the video the other day where the guy was talking and he literally turns completely around to talk to somebody behind him completely like 180 degrees away from his microphone and the microphone never... There's no any difference in his voice. I'm like, oh, that's a fake microphone. <laughs> and he's using the same... I think he's using like the same mics we have. I'm like, yeah, I know that doesn't work like that. It's fucking trendy, man. It's lame. Maybe we could get like a shoulder pad with a mic clip and just clip the mic stand on our... And wear it Just just... Clip to us twenty four seven. Yeah, they're lame. gonna start doing like their selfie stick with their with their mic and mic stand clipped to their shirt, just walking. So tw- it's it's called a it's called twenty four seven poddin'. podding, podding, podding. We I'm podding. Um. So over on the Patreon, we just released our first episode of Tales from the Script, where we cover episodes from the legendary Tales from the Crypt series. We started with Season 1, Episode 1, The Man Who Was Death. And uh, also the after show for Gretel and Hansel is over there where we cover the filming, the sets, and a bunch of behind-the-scene info. So if you like that kind of stuff, uh, you can find it over there on the Patreon. Subscribe or follow for alerts on new episodes. And if you really love us and don't want us to get violently sucked out of an airlock, give us a review and as always those links and more are always located in the show notes for you guys on a on a serious note i will say out of the time we've been doing the podcast we picked up a, a ton of fans uh some from all over the world we've gotten quite a few reviews uh but for the people who actually take the time to write a review that is one of my brightest spots since we've started it is actually reading Uh, So if you're going to take the time to do a review, you know, we appreciate any review. But, you know, if you take the time to sit down and and tell us what you really enjoy from the show, it it, it does mean a lot to us. Yeah, those are awesome. And uh, we try to when we see them because we don't always see them. right. We don't get an alert when you when you guys uh, write them or post them or anything. So when we do check them every now and then, we try to shout out uh, somebody who actually wrote, you know, wrote something. We try to shout them out on the show. Also, uh, we love interacting. so you know, we have a million movies we could go through and cover. But if anybody listening has a specific movie that you guys want us to cover, just send us a message on one of those 500 social media links we have and uh, we'll try we'll try to get to it. We did get some uh, requests. Uh, I think it was right around October, right before October. And I still have those. We still got to do, I think we had a choice between like one or two, like two or three of them. Um, but we just couldn't get to them because obviously we did Halloween stuff. Then we did Thanksgiving stuff. Then we did Christmas stuff and that shit's out of the way. So let's we'll get back to that. Yeah. Holiday season's over. It's fucking done with it's time Yay. to have money in the bank again. So, uh, event horizon is a 1997 science fiction horror film Directed by Paul W.S. Anderson and written by Philip Eisner. It stars Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan, and Joey Richardson. It is set in the year 2047. It follows a crew of astronauts who are sent on a rescue mission after a missing spaceship, the Event Horizon, spontaneously appears in orbit around Neptune, only to discover that a sinister force has come Back with it. Bro, I'm pretty sure Lawrence Fishburne plays the same guy in every movie. He does. Like He, he was kind of just Morpheus in this. I mean, he literally plays, like, yeah, I feel like everything I've ever seen him in, he's playing the same guy. Yeah. The film had a lot of issues with production. The filming and editing were both rushed by Paramount. What's so funny? <laughs> <laughs> what you just didn't have much to say to that you're like yeah well i'm gonna be <laughs> i'll be honest i was hitting my vape when he said that i didn't know that his sentence was gonna be that damn short um so the, <laughs> i literally still had vape in my lungs when i said that yeah <laughs> Sorry, i make the, the complaining about Lawrence Fishburne a little longer next time. Uh, the film had a lot of issues with production. The, film, the filming and editing were both rushed by Paramount, big fucking surprise, uh, when it became clear that Titanic would not meet its projected release date. Boo. The original 130 minute cut of the film was heavily edited by the studio's demand because they're fucking stupid. Yeah, I can only imagine why. The film was released August 15th of 1997. Commercially and critically, the film was considered a failure, grossing only $42 million with a $60 million budget. What? However, it had a ton of success on home video. Its initial DVD release sold so well that Paramount contacted Anderson to begin working on a restoration of the deleted footage that was cut from the film, but it had already been either lost or destroyed. I'm so sick of hearing about studios fucking destroying the, the good stuff that they make movies take out. Yeah, what a bunch of fuckers. They made him take all that stuff out. And then they were like, oh, shit, people want to see this. So, hey, go get all that shit off the floor and put it back in the movie. Yeah. I feel like I hope studios have caught on now that director's cuts mm-hmm. are are a big thing. But, I mean, how often do we hear that about, uh, you know, movies prior to 10 years ago, 15 years ago? I'd say from two thousand back, like how often do we hear the the footage that was cut was destroyed? We can never get it. It's like all. I feel like half the movies we cover that happens. Uh, in the years since, though, the film has developed a cult following and is referenced in other works of popular culture. Director Paul Anderson was coming hot off the heels of his successful movie *Mortal Kombat* in nineteen ninety-five. He was then offered to direct a sequel, *Mortal Kombat: Annihilation*, and a new live-action X-Men movie. However, he turned down the offers in favor of making an R-rated horror film. My man, you're good my boy, shit. Blue. Yeah, good choice. I yeah, like we'd we'd be friends. Yeah, I seen him kind of talking about it, and he was like, "Yeah, I made, you know, I made uh, this basically kind of video game superhero type movie." And he's like, they wanted me to keep going with that. But he's like, you know, I really wanted to do horror. That's that's that was my thing. And then they told him it had to be in space. And he was like, God damn it. No, nah, not quite. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so Paramount Pictures sent him Philip Eisner's original script for Event Horizon, which he pitched as a haunted house in space. Well, kind of what it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, essentially <clears throat> i thought about that in the beginning i'm like this is this is going to be like a haunted house but i guess they couldn't put a house in space so what else do you put in space a fucking spaceship anderson's initial reaction to the script which involved the ship being a cruise ship named event horizon that was experiencing a, s- a series of haunting by aliens what are they dead aliens? I don't get it i don't, I don't know, and I mean, how could aliens who are alive haunt you? I don't know. there's been a lot of people that's come out and said they they're haunted by some aliens. I don't know, man. Sky's the limit in space uh-huh. movies. That's why I don't care for space movies. I was telling <laughs> you that the other day. I'm like once you go that far into the future, there's like which they didn't really go that far into the future for people uh-huh. to be flying to Neptune. They fucked that one up. But once you go into the future and you go into space, there's no rules. Like, the rules are thrown out the window. You got, like, Jason X. You got these little bio or micro fucking things rebuilding bodies and stuff. And, I mean, it's I just feel like the rules are broken at that point. (laughs) Uh, Anderson said that it was uh, way too similar to the film Alien by Ridley Scott. Anderson himself gave the script a major rewrite, incorporating classic haunted house movies like The Haunting from 1963 and The Shining from 1980. Filming took place in Pinewood Studios with visual effects provided by uh, Cinesite and Computer Film Company. Funny how he, he, he forgot to mention Hellraiser. Oh, we'll get to that. It definitely incorporated somehow. It's like he was like, this is too much like aliens. We're going to make it more like Hellraiser. Uh, We'll get to that. Uh, Anderson uh, molded the event horizon after the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. Effects supervisor Richard Yarich and Neil Kortobold kept most visuals in camera and moving sets were constructed for the gyrosphere, gravity drive, and the revolving tunnel. What is a gyrosphere? That's that circle thing, the core. I know. Did they just make that up for the movie? I don't know. I guess. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I could say that's what I mean. Space, man. You just make words up, and they make sense because it's a fucking futuristic space movie. You just add some fucking words together, and there you go. It makes sense because it's in space. For scenes depicting zero gravity, the actors were hung upside down in harnesses. The original script had more zero gravity scenes, but budget constraints had the filmmakers introduce magnetic boots. Well, I'm sure that the actors weren't upset about that. Yeah. That would suck. It's been like 10, 12 hours a day like harness upside up down. on the ceiling. Uh, because the majority of scenes were filmed in a studio on gothic inspired sets, Anderson felt that the cast experienced a kind of cabin fever that better served their performances. Richardson called the experience of working on the film cursed. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a janky ship to be going to Neptune. That's a long way out there. Well, they work for like the government, so you know, uh, you worked for the government the at one sh- point. Everything the, sucks. <laughs> this ship was deadlined, and they, yeah. they're like, "We got to make this trip. Fuck it, send it." The editing schedule was cut from the standard 10 weeks to just 6 due to a fast approaching pro- approaching release date, a short production schedule because Paramount wanted a hit film before Titanic's planned September release date. Oh, well, I guess it wasn't the hit they were expecting. I don't know if we've done a movie that has lost that much money. at the box office. Huge. Uh, Test screenings were poorly received because of complaints about extreme gore. Anderson and producer Jimmy Bolt claimed that some of the members of the test audience fainted. Paramount executives were similarly shocked by how gruesome it was and demanded a shorter runtime with less gore. Anderson agreed that while his first cut was too long, Paramount forced him to make one that was instead too short and that the film would have benefited by the restoration of around 10 minutes of footage, including some of the deleted gore. I got a feeling I would have liked this movie so much more. Because uh, that is one of my, my complaints on this movie, is they have the really cool, gory, the Hellraiser-like scenes, but it's just, it's not enough. Like, it's so quick. Um, I I feel like this movie may have gotten a whole, like, half a point higher on my ratings if these fucking pussies that apparently fainted watching this in the test screening. Once again, I've mentioned this on the show before. Who in the fuck are test screening these like who are they calling to get to to go watch these movies? Boomers. Boomers <laughs> it is. They must be going to churches getting yeah. people. Um so we'll talk about the lost footage. So anybody that is a really big fan of this movie Very much knows about this part that we're going to talk about with the lost footage. So when the home video sales exploded, Paramount and Anderson began trying to assemble a director's cut of the film, only to quickly discover that the footage had not been carefully stored and much of it had gone missing. The director's cut then had to be scrapped and a two-disc special edition was created. Known deleted scenes, uh, so pretty much I'll run through... Uh, kind of like a gist of what they deleted well i didn't include all of it i included kind of more of the interesting ones but we get more backstory for cooper and justin including a stronger explanation for justin entering the black hole deleted backstory of the relationship between stark and miller additional scenes explaining what the gateway to hell or the black hole is miller finding a tooth floating in the event horizon a longer version of the scene where Peters hallucinates that her son's mangled legs are covered in maggots, a scene where Weir hallucinates that Justin turns into his wife Claire, a bloodier version of Weir's wife Claire's suicide, a longer version of the scene where Miller finds DJ's vivisected body with his guts on the table. Good God, that would have been so good. Uh, A longer version of the visions from hell scene during Miller's final fight with Weir with more shots of Event Horizon's crew being tortured. The blood orgy video was also longer. Real life amputees were used for special effects scenes where Event Horizon crew members were mutilated and pornographic film actors were hired to make the sex and rape scenes more realistic and graphic. Okay, so it's, is there a version of this movie I can watch that just includes the deleted scene? Are these on the DVD? No, this oh, footage is This is, is all the lost shit. This is all lost footage. Oh, man. Universal fucking sucked. So now you know it's... why I said that anybody who's a fan of this movie is very much aware of the story of the lost uh, footage. Not, not only all the awesome, like, gory shit that you just mentioned that would have made this movie so much better, but even some of the backstory stuff that like I have in my notes that they don't really touch on enough. Like yeah. why would you go into a fucking black hole knowing what you know? Like why 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 would he do that? Yeah, I, I feel like Universal has like a connex. That's No, this is a Paramount, keep, but Oh, Paramount, I'm sorry, Universal. I do sincerely apologize. <laughs> <laughs> they they Universal they this does, show. <laughs> they they do <laughs> They do that shit all the time too, though. But yes, I, I feel like they have a connex that they that they keep <laughs> all keep their, the their box like cut footage. And they're like, you know, we're out of room in the connex, burn it all, and fucking start stacking again. Yeah, the director it, he kind of hates Paramount after this movie because they made him chop this thing up and 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 then they obviously came back and wanted him to add it all back in. And he went in to make he wanted to make this movie super fucked up. Like that he wanted to make a true fucking horror movie. Whether it be in space or not, his mind was set that he was gonna make it as fucked up as he could. You know, if I was him, I may have quit. (laughs) I may have been like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm not doing this. I'm not cutting all the awesome shit out. You wanna cut something out, fucking cut cut I don't know which cut out. Cut the fucking shots of space out or something. (laughs) <laughs> Nobody needs to see the space. We know we're in space. Everybody knows what the fuck space looks like. Yeah, he hired a uh, porno actors and amputees to do that scene. That I is mean, that's gnarly. That's hardcore. Yeah, that is some hardcore shit. Some fucking porn star guys out there. Like, yeah, I was I was totally in a demonic rape scene in this big time movie, sixty million that, dollar horror movie. And then it came out, and they're like, "No, you weren't." I mean, he was briefly, and they do show it, but it's very quick. Uh, Well, you you know, I would have quit. I would have said, fuck you guys. You know what? You should cut out the movie, Paramount. Cut (laughs) out the whole Paramount. Just cut you guys out of the whole production. Fuck it. Somebody call Lionsgate. They'll fucking release anything. In the years since its release, Event Horizon has developed a cult following and has been noted for its impact on other media. For its 25th anniversary, Rotten Tomatoes wrote that its unforgettable imagery, standout cast, and escalating thrills have made it a celebrated cult classic for horror aficionados. Of the film's re-evaluation, Anderson said, It finally got the reaction now that I was hoping it would get 25 years ago. Also, the scene in the film where Weir illustrates how wormholes work with a pen and a paper was replicated in Christopher Nolan's Interstellar from 2014. They did catch that. Yeah. Pretty sure that's how everybody explains wormholes now. Well, this was the first to do it, so. Uh, so, ratings for this movie. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 34%. IMDb gave it a 6.6 6 out of 10. Letterboxd gave it a 3.3 out of 5. And the average audience rating is a 3.9 out of 5. If you would like to watch this movie, you can find it on MGM+, YouTube, Roku, Apple TV, Paramount Plus, Sling TV, Amazon Prime, Google Play, and Vudu. This seems like a movie to be on Tubi. Yeah, I was just... We're on a run here of non-Tubi movies. This is what the fuck happens when you don't write us back, Tubi. Yeah. Or our fans. We have some fans write them, too. They didn't get anything back, either. Yeah, for the record, we didn't write Tubi. I don't think... Did you? I did, yeah. Oh, oh, well, fuck you, Tubi. I wrote them just, you know, hey, we... You know, whoever picks your horror movie stuff is awesome, and uh, we talk about you guys a lot on the show. I didn't like ask them for anything. Oh, well, or Well, in case but... they're listening, I don't really mean that, Tubi. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean fuck you. You're you still have a lot of great horror movies. I still I still use Tubi. Um, all right. So you ready to dive into the plot? We talk about this shit. Yes. Yeah, so let's dive straight into the space plot. Uh, so we start off with the title card and some very nineties techno rock music that's awful and we learn that in 2040 a space research vessel named the event horizon launched to explore the boundaries of the solar system the ship disappeared without a trace around the planet neptune we now jump into the year 2047 and we see that the event horizon has suddenly appeared right next to neptune but it is empty no crew, no gravity, just a bunch of bad CGI items floating around. <laughs> a whole lot of bad CGI in this. Yeah, I did see Paramount. Um, They were going to hire, man, I want to say they were going to hire Pixar. And I was like, I think Pixar only does kid movies, but maybe they don't. But I have swore it was Pixar. And then they opted out to hire a cheaper company to do the CGI because they wanted to save money. Well, maybe they should have used Pixar. Yeah. Yeah, because the CGI in this is rough. Just imagine Buzz Lightyear flying through space well, well, to I mean, save the Event Horizon. Yeah, And Zerg. Zerg is really Zurg behind the Event Horizon <laughs> plot. <laughs> oh, man, I'd watch that. You do not have a friend in me. Uh, Until we see an image of a naked, bloody, and bald version of Dr. Weir screaming in the ship. And uh, then an alarm goes off and, yeah, guess what? It was all a dream. Weir gets out of bed and talks to his dead wife and gets ready for the day. Here we see that he is living aboard a space station outside of the orbit of Earth. The space station is then being docked with another ship named the Lewis and Clark. So basically, i break it down real quick, kind of skip some stuff. Break it down. This ship is and its crew are here to pick up Dr. Weir and take him on a rescue mission to Neptune. Because the trip is so long, Weir and the crew must enter. I guess it's like a hypersleep. They call it, I want to say they call it a gravity couch. And I'm like, what? They just make up words (laughs) for space movies. You would think they would be like a set. Word for this, because every space movie ever has this like, hyper-sleep. hypersleep thing that they do. Yeah, just hypersleep would have been a hyper Would have been fine. Just call it a hypersleep pod. That's all we need. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So they gotta they gotta do this hypersleep until they arrive at Neptune fifty six days later. You can that tell is fast flying. Yeah, he says like they go so fast like they would be at thirty Gs and. He says it would like melt their bones. I'm like, I don't think G's would do that. But well, I don't, I don't know. Um, I know that Neptune's really fucking far. That's all the scientific <laughs> knowledge I have. It's it's far out there. It's longer than fifty six days away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we we have satellites traveling at thousands of miles an hour, and I feel like it would take years for them to get out to Neptune. I mean, we've sent stuff out to. Uh, I think we recently, it was uh, Saturn that we had, uh, NASA sent that fucking module or whatever you call it out there, and it took all those awesome pictures of Saturn, and it took fucking years to get there. Yeah, well, it's not 2047. Yeah, it's it's almost 2000. Or whatever. We're close. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so once they reach Neptune, everybody wakes out of hypersleep and begins to get the ship ready for the mission. And this is where uh, we kind of meet everybody and learn what this mission is really about. This is where you learn that you can smoke cigarettes in space. There is a lot of cigarette smoking in there this is. movie. I guess when they made this movie, they didn't realize that cigarettes were going to get hit real hard by truth. Well, okay. so is here... it truth? Or yeah, the truth tr- go tr- after the weed? No, it, no it's truth. Um, so this is my thing with the cigarettes. So they smoke a fuck ton. There's literally every scene somebody smoking a cigarette in this movie for the first half of it. Then when shit goes down and you really need a cigarette, not a cigarette in sight. They smoked all their fucking cigarettes before they needed them. If I was in this situation, everyone starts dying and hallucinating and I'd be like, oh, I gotta have a fucking other cigarette. <laughs> yeah. If I smoked cigarettes, I, yeah, I would... I would uh even if I, I would I be running through vapes. If at this I point. didn't smoke cigarettes at this point with all this shit happening, i like, give me one of them cigarettes. I gotta have something. I need something. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the government would definitely not let you smoke cigarettes on their spaceships though. Like, oh that yeah, would definitely but, be a thing. Oh yeah. So first we have uh Lieutenant Stark who is second in command of the ship. Uh, and then we have Justin, who is kind of like the young guy in the crew, and he is in charge of engineering, which is a fancy way for saying he's a mechanic. Don't they call him, like, Baby Bear or something? Yeah, they call that's him so, Baby Bear sometimes. Stupid. Why did they I do that? Um, next, we have a uh, smooth-talking Cooper, who is the rescue technician. Then Peter's... Uh, she's kind of like the ship mom to the crew, which they call her mama bear. I don't know, maybe that's where baby bear thing came that from. That makes a little more sense, but if I got the nickname baby bear, I'd be pretty fucking upset about salty. that. Now, like, what, what crazy shit do I got to do to get a cooler nickname? Get older. <laughs> I will totally fucking jump in this hyper lock and depressurize. <laughs> if I get a cooler nickname for that. Uh, so she is uh, also a medical technician. Then we have the very serious trauma doctor, DJ. He is definitely a brooder. He likes to brood. He does a lot of brooding in the beginning, the first half of this. Brood. Brood. Um, and next is the snarky, sarcastic pilot, Smith. And then finally, we have Dr. William Weir, And he explains that the reason that they have had to cancel their time off and rush all the way out here for this top secret rescue mission is because the story the media told about the event horizon exploding while exploring space was a manufactured lie. So apparently even in the future, government's still lying to people this yeah never changes <laughs> this isn't even that far in the future now yes it did not change what they you, would 100 percent lie about this i don't even get why they lied why didn't the government just say because like, what were they gonna do if they ever found the goddamn thing i don't know you know how they are they're mm-hmm. like we can't have russia know them. we're we're building black holes yeah i They'll don't try to copy it i don't even understand why the government wasn't just like we don't know what happened to it. It's so far away. It was not well, like, we could looks, go look uh, for it. I mean, that does look kind of bad. I was, like, if we sent these guys in this fucking ginormous ship and we lost it. Sorry. We thought space wasn't so big. Well, I mean, we were. It's it, fucking deep space. <laughs> when well, you yeah, lose some shit, you lose some shit. I mean, you know, but the whole story. Imagine if the, they came out tomorrow and was like, oh, the International Space Station is. Gone. We don't know what happened to it. And I'd believe it. I'd be like it got sucked up by a fucking black hole or aliens got it. I would totally not be like what a stupid government. People I'd be like, would Damn. be pissed. I think space is mysterious enough to, to, you know, be like yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I get it. it makes sense. I agree. I just feel like the government, y- you know the government, they've, they've always got to lie about something. Yeah, I just don't understand why they Said it, it exploded because what were they? They didn't know what happened to it. So what were they gonna do if it ever popped back up? I don't know. Do you think like if the world didn't see the Columbia and the Challenger disasters, if this happened like way out in space, they would have told us the truth about what happened? Um, Especially considering that. NASA really shit the bed on both of those. I think that they probably would have told us that it blew up, but I don't think they would tell us the truth about why it blew up. Yeah, I definitely they would lie about something in there. I have no doubt in my mind they 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 would. Uh, So the real story is that the ship was designed to create a black hole, so it would be able to travel extremely far distances in space very very quickly. Everything was going to plan until the ship made the black hole and attempted to enter it. The ship then disappeared and ceased all communications for the past seven years. It's been a minute. It to long it's gone. a whole ass kid. Uh, a few days ago, the government received a new transmission from the missing ship and sent Weir and the crew to the ship's location. We also find out that the reason that Weir knows so much about the event Is because he designed and built it. Got evil mastermind vibes already. Yeah, yeah, he plays this part good. Yeah, I really, I really think that because normally um, Sam Neill plays kind of good guy characters. I mean, one of his most known characters is you know from uh, I don't remember his name, but he's from Jurassic Park, and it was I didn't really think that he was going to be able to pull off. Uh, like evil mastermind, bad guy, very well, but he does in this movie very, very good. He did. De- I didn't think he was going to be bad at first. I didn't, because you mm. know, like you said, he's always, he's always the good guy. This yeah. Being the first time I ever seen it, I didn't know he was a bad guy. At first. I think he kills it, a bad guy. Yeah. Which, you know, spoiler, spoiler alert from a movie from 1997. Dr. Weir Weir is not, not completely good. I won't say he's completely bad, or at least at this point, he's bad. We don't really quite know exactly his deal, but uh, yeah, he he ends up not being great. So we then see Dr. Weir play the crew a single transmission that the government received from the missing ship a few days ago. Now, we've been unable to verify live contact. The TDRS did receive this single transmission. (laughs) I wouldn't have gotten a fucking thing out of that. I would have turned right the fuck around if I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I actually wrote in my notes, I would have quit. Yeah, I would have been like, take me back. Fuck I'm you I'm not guys. fucking going. I, like, I would have thought, dude, there's some kind of creature on that ship. I would have thought aliens for sure. Oh, yeah, aliens. for sure. Fuck you guys, I'm going home. Get yeah. Get the fuck out of here. No fucking Where, way. Where's the fucking the the rescue pod or whatever? The evacuation pod. Yeah, every h- every space movie's gotta have a, an evacuation pod. I'm hitting the help signal right now. Send the rescue team out to get me right now. Uh tell them it's medical emergency. I don't give a fuck. Tell them 'em I'm suicidal. Tell them to come get me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah somebody no. turn your turn the ship's fucking hotspot on. I'm fucking writing my wife right now on the contact DOD. Now I wouldn't do, can, have did it. Can I get a space Uber out here? Yeah. Uh so they put it through some filters and audio magic, and they can hear a single human voice speaking a foreign language. DJ recognizes it as Latin. Uh for some reason evil loves Latin. And every evil movie that has to do with demons, there's fucking Latin in Don't it. Don't you know the devil was Latin? Because. Have you ever read the Bible? God damn. No nope um and of course DJ can translate it uh, he claims that it says save me how the fuck is DJ the only person in twenty forty that knows Latin the government literally got this and was like we don't know what language this is yeah and this I, fucking doctor on a I, ship in the fucking middle of space is like oh I know that shit I did I did catch that I was like so nobody who who analyzed this before like I thought Maybe just they heard it or something. Uh how could a shit ton of people analyze this and nobody pick up on something that I mean, it wasn't clear to me, but if you know Latin, I would imagine it'd be pretty clear. Well, Dr. Weir was like talking about, you know, when they got it at the government, he's like, Well, we're not even sure it's a language. Maybe Dr. Weir was covering it up. Maybe the government Maybe. did and he just didn't want to tell them. Yeah, yeah, good point. Didn't didn't even think about that. I didn't think about that either. You know, one thing this movie doesn't have that I'm surprised is any mention of AI. Yeah, space movie without AI, that's actually... Weird. Maybe the first space movie ever made without mention of AI. So next, uh, Lewis and Clark attempt to engage radio contact with the event Horizon. They get no response. So they then decide to dock with the ship so they can board it and look for clues on what happened. He makes this fucking decision. Uh, Miller makes this decision to fucking board this ship way too fast. If I was a crew member, I'd be like, whoa, 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 hold on. She's analyzed this thing for like fucking 20 seconds. Let's give give it some more time. Like, let's not board this ship unless we absolutely fucking have to. Like, did you not hear... (laughs) That fucked up ass recording. Yeah, I feel like they forgot the scary recording really quickly. <laughs> yeah, he's like immediately. She's like trying to. She's like, I'm trying to. I'm running the scan now and trying to figure it out. He's like, Well, we're boarding the ship. Well, you know why is because he's fucking Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, uh, uh, he's like, yeah. I'm Lawrence Fishburne. If I say get on the goddamn ship, get on the goddamn ship. Well, I don't. I just man, I I don't care for this character. I really? don't. I like it. he plays the same fucking guy every time. But he plays him good. He should just they should just call him <laughs> Lawrence Fish he, he should have been Captain Fishburn in this fucking movie. I've been with it. Like quick, quick don't even give him a name anymore. Just everything he plays, <laughs> he can just be Lawrence Fishburn. I liked him, man. <laughs> he, I think he's a I think he's way too much of a dick to weir from the like the very beginning. I'm like, dude, what's your fucking problem? I agree. I put in my notes like but they're like, you know, they want they want the explanation of how this thing goes. So he starts giving them the scientific explanation. And then he's like, in layman's terms, like, basically, he looks at him and he's, you're making it too confusing for me. It's like, motherfucker, you asked for the explanation. I told you it was really confusing. You told me you wanted to hear it anyway. And then 30 seconds into my explanation, you got an asshole comment to make. Fuck you. Yeah, I also want to say here, I hate the captain's chair. It's the laziest fucking chair ever. It just hangs there like a set of balls. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate that chair. And then... That's okay. Lawrence Fishburne's <laughs> chair from his home. He brought his own chair. It's <laughs> like, is, these are designed off my giant balls. This is This is the reason I hate this chair. Is not only does it look fucking stupid hanging from the ceiling, <laughs> but there's a scene where they're all, they're all on the on the bridge of the Lewis and Clark, and they dock or whatever, and then everyone else, um, you know, he's like, "All right, go go get ready to board this ship," and everyone else gets up and they just get up from their the regular chairs and they walk off, and he does a slow turn to one eighty, <laughs> and
1: That's then as gets fast up as and it walks. I
0: was <laughs> like bro, you could have got up and walked off way faster than that. Like, is it really that much work to just get up and go that direction? You had to turn the whole slow-ass motorized chair around. Maybe the motor was dead in it. Maybe it's supposed to turn faster. It reminded me of Dr. Evil's chair. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> I like this movie, but that chair fucking sucks. <laughs> Can we get a new fucking chair in here? <laughs> My fucking 700-pound chair that I sit in for this show is better than that. Can you imagine if we had those chairs for the show? <laughs> <laughs> so Captain Miller demands that Weir stay on the Lewis and Clark so he can watch the monitors and guide everyone through the ship. Weir is very upset by this, but uh, I doubt he can fight, so what's he going to do about it? Uh so Justin Miller uh no I said Justin Miller like it's his whole name. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Miller and Justin and, Miller, and Security <laughs> 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 So Captain Fishburn. <laughs> so Justin, Captain Fishburn, and Peters gear up <laughs> in their space suits <laughs> and board the empty ship. Miller sends Justin to the engineering part of the ship. It the mechanical part of the ship. They try to be fancy by saying engineering. It's a fucking space movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the in the rear and he and Peter set out for the forward decks. Uh so Justin opens the door to the engineering deck where he comes across a long hallway with uh like metal blades spinning in a circle. Like it's like this long tunnel and there's like these giant razor blades just spinning in a circle. Yeah, this was a horrible design. <laughs> he just, this this ship is designed not great. This like ship designed is designed to, to be death. Yeah. Like, can you notice the door where the black hole is? It's like, it, it has, it closes in a triangle and there's all spikes on each side. Like, if you were to get caught in the door, you would be, like, spiked to death by the, I don't know, 12-inch spikes. Yeah, there's like a who lot of- the fuck would put that in? There? Why would you do that? There's a lot of spikes on the ship. It, it makes me wonder, like, I wish there was a backstory-
1: that could this explain
0: ship, if we're built this ship to be evil, because it really seems like he did. This ship is like hot topic in 2000. <laughs> it's a goth ship for sure. It's totally a goth ship. The ship wears all black and complains there's, about there's, society. <laughs> the ship has a pair of jankos on. One hundred percent. So he describes it uh, a really good description. He describes it as a meat grinder, which is pretty much what it, it looks like. Uh, Peters makes her way to the bridge of the ship where she immediately finds some blood on a console. Did you catch in detail the shit in the background? No. So I was like, I was writing the episode and I paused it and I got a really good close-up of the like blood and guts that are like splattered behind her all over the wall. And it's like, it's like all, it's like, it's probably like three people's guts just all over the wall and, and it's dried and inside of it is like skulls and rib cages. Oh and I didn't hands. see I seen it. Oh the it's flood. fucking oh yeah, you gotta pause it. It's fucking gnarly looking. Like it looks super cool. I'm sure they spent like two or three days doing that and then fucking Paramount was like, cut it. Nope, cut it. Cut it. We can't have old men and little children that we have watching this movie getting sick. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh Peter's then attempts to get the footage of the ship's log out of the console, but it gets a little stuck. And this is where we discover that they're still using compact discs in 2040. <laughs> yeah, I put that in my notes. I'm like, "Wow, nice CDs in 2040. I guess they they didn't they didn't see they didn't see that coming." <laughs> Holy came shit. out of nowhere. They thought we'd be using CDs for the next How about 100 years. Shit when that fucking CD popped out. I guess CDs were still, like, pretty new then. They're like, they will be using these for the rest of mankind. Yeah, I mean, 1997, I mean, they were, they were CDs were expensive back then, too. Oh, so in 2047? 2047? 2047, 2047, I guess. There will probably be no CDs ever left. Like, nobody will right be off, using CDs for any. degraded. <laughs> they would have rotted away by then. <laughs> I, I, I mean, people will still have, like, physical movies and stuff, people who collected them. But the government, I can assure you, is not using CDs to this day. There's, there's no way. Yeah. Uh, so she finally gets it free. And when uh, she turns around, she gets startled by a very gruesome face of a dead man who is just floating in the room. And this guy's face is fucking destroyed. Like his eyes are missing. His skin is shredded. Uh, DJ says it looks like he was attacked by a rabid animal. Uh, Peter calls him a corpseicle. <laughs> corpseicle. I like that. This is this is right here the first indication that this movie is not just a fucking space movie. Like this yeah. is the first cool thing that happens. Before well, I, this, I felt like I may have been watching Star Trek. Just gonna put that out there with Lawrence Thor- Lawrence Fishburne, of course. This dude looks all. This was another time I paused it to look at this guy. He, the the makeup on him is. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I did make note. He looked really fucking creepy. Yeah, uh, I I would be like, hey guys, I'm going back to the fucking Lewis and Clark. Fuck you. This d- does not look good. Do you know? Um, you have an idea who that guy is? The dead guy. Yeah no fucking idea i didn't either am but I supposed um, to know? well i didn't either but uh i do i guess if you have like you know eagle eyes you'll figure it out um if you watch this movie but i actually found out in my research who he was so i'll tell you who, who he was later was this if somebody uh captain fishburn got a hold of that why he looked so fucked up yeah he smarted off to he he wouldn't give fishburn a sig that's what it was yeah. So Justin ends up in the big room with this uh, chrome-looking liquid just floating around, which is more bad CGI. More bad CGI, but the, the, the audio was good. How good is that? And <laughs> <laughs> they nailed the audio on liquid floating in space. <laughs> uh, this room is shaped like a big dome with giant spikes coming out of the wall and a really large metal ball in the center. Weir informs him that he is in the core that contains the gravity drive, a.k.a. the thing that makes black hole open up. And guess what? It looks fucking evil. It 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 lo- it is. It totally has 13 ghost vibes. I actually, yeah, that's a good point. I actually said it looks like something that would have been in Jeffrey Epstein's fucking sex island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that with a bunch of kids tied up in it. Uh yeah, I I thought thirteen ghosts in space. Yeah, that's what this gave me. It's the vibe. You know gave what me. though? Terrible CGI. Thirteen ghosts in space. This space. This evil ball thing. At least it was not like it was. The CGI on that wasn't nowhere near no, as bad. It, it wasn't as bad. Um, the thirteen ghosts. Big. Ring a jig that, I, that thing, I thought that looked thing. good as a kid. I thought that shit was fucking legit as a kid. We thought PlayStation Two graphics were like almost realistic looking. I, I remember saying that. Thirteen Ghosts <laughs> was so great until I, well, probably it was like a ten year gap in watching it, and I became an adult, and I was like, oh man. I actually can't wait to cover that movie, but at the same time, I just don't want to watch it. <laughs> the, the ghosts are so good, though. Like. That movie is still watchable because the ghosts are good. Had they fucked the ghost up, I don't even know if if that movie would be memorable at all. No, that movie would be awful. Other than Matthew Lillard. Cause he couldn't even save that. But yeah, he tried. <clears throat> he tried. But yeah, total, total 13 ghosts in space. I'm wondering if you're going to... Because for those who haven't seen this movie, this is essentially... God, how the fuck am I gonna explain this? It's like three circles that are all they all spin around each other. Uh God, it's like a fucking something you would see on like a rich guy's desk in his in his <laughs> office. Like it's like yeah. three they it's three circles inside and they get smaller and smaller and they all spin on a different axis and a different direction. You and, know what? Our Aunt Lisa used to have one of these. I mean, you would she cut it on a black hole? <laughs> she probably does have a black hole. <laughs> um remember she used to have it was on a black base and it had it was like a bunch of silver circle that chrome colored and when you flipped it on they would all move. Yeah, I kind of yeah. kind of somewhere deep in my memories there's that there's that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, this is this is something that Aunt Lisa and rich guys having gold on their desk in their office in New York. But it's three circles. They're like three rings, and they get smaller and smaller inside of each other, and they spin on different axes. If you were going to create something that powerful, why in the fuck would you design it like that? Because he said all they got to do is all match up, and when they all match up, it opens this black hole. I'm like, you didn't put any safety things in there? Like, there's not like a... I mean... Like, to launch a nuke, there's probably, like, 17 codes and, like, a locked-up button and stuff. But you put something that could literally do God knows what, and you just... Had just no safety, man. This this guy had no safety in mind when he designed this ship. No. No, he completely <laughs> no. did. I think he had death in mind when he designed this. Yeah. Well, I mean, he wasn't originally supposed to be bad like that when he built the ship that at least i didn't catch that at the end if maybe i'm wrong but it seemed like he just built this ship to to do what the ship was initially supposed to do and it ended up getting stuck in another dimension and some evil shit attached to it but i don't think he built it to be evil yeah, I don't know. They but don't. He, he they built don't, it to look evil. That's for sure. They don't really make that clear. But we do see that he's uh, having visions about like the suicide, the why his wife's suicide. Like he he's going through some shit before they even pick him up. So I, you know, I, think, I almost wonder if this, you know, evil somehow got to him while he was designing the ship. Like we don't really know. Well, I, I feel like his wife killed herself. Because he spent so much time designing this ship. Like it was kind of a curse to him because he was from obsessed the beginning. because of evil. I don't know. I yeah, mean, it doesn't I'm, make it clear. That's one thing I, that's one of my complaints. Uh, I thought the, the they didn't go into the backstories of the characters or why they're seeing the visions that they're seeing hardly at all. Like they don't really touch on that at all. Mm. Uh, the ball then lights up really bright and then turns into a dark. Black liquid. Justin, for some reason, decides that he needs to touch it. That's the last thing I would do. (laughs) Yeah, you mentioned there's a deleted scene that explains why he did that. I would really like to know what the fuck they came up with to make him think that this was a good idea. He said, oh, I used to have some black goo when I was a kid. Yeah. (laughs) reminds me of then. After you heard what has happened like what, what this thing does and then you see the the aftermath that it's killed this entire crew what the fuck would make you be that curious to just put your fucking hand into a, potentially a, another dimension or another space and time yeah so the the black liquid then suddenly sucks him in he's yeah, no, no shit this is this goes into the horrible decisions made in horror movies That's that's a check mark in that one. It's another one. That was stupid. Uh, A big explosion of light then occurs. Parts of the Lewis and Clark are damaged by this, and the ship then catches fire. Cooper rushes to find Justin when the liquid suddenly spits him back out and into Cooper's arms. Meanwhile, the oxygen, power sensor things, technology, science stuff, fails on the Lewis-Clark, and the remaining crew decide to abandon ship and run over to the Event Horizon. Anticipating the rest of the crew coming aboard the ship, Peters initiates the gravity on the event horizon, where we get to see the uh, the ripped up face frozen guy fall to the ground and shatter into a million pieces, and it's fucking awesome. Yep, I think that this was the second coolest part of this movie, when his it, it's it's very uh, Jason Voorhees with the liquid nitrogen kill, but it's like a whole body falling the floor and shattering into pieces yeah it's i love this great i love this scene i'm pretty sure it's on the uh menu you, you can see it i think on the on the dvd menu plays yeah, like over and over again yeah it, it should it was the best part of this yeah. movie. they should have just made this the whole movie it's shattering over and over again so the crew then finds out that the air system on the event horizon is fucked up they only have 20 hours of oxygen left, so they must send a crew out to patch up the Lewis and Clark in order to go home. DJ and Peters take Justin down to the medical ward where he seems to be physically fine, but is non-responsive. I was so disappointed that he was fine. I was hoping <laughs> Well, that... he's not fine. No, but he's he's living. Uh. I, I was so happy when he got sucked into that fucking black hole for putting his hand in there. You know when you see in cartoons like the the shark bites the fish and then like spits his bones out that's what I was hoping happened it was just gonna come out they were gonna pull him back on the cord and he was just gonna be like a mangled skeleton uh so Cooper tries to explain to Captain Fishburn that he's seen uh he's seen what happened to Justin and we are isn't having it. He claims that Cooper must be hallucinating parts of what he's seen because it is impossible for the cord to turn on by itself. We then jump to Peters who is sitting in the medical bay alone with Justin and she hears a sound coming from a plastic sheet draped over a gurney. She quickly pulls the sheet back only to be shocked to see her young son sitting there with his legs badly injured. Which should have been covered with maggots but they cut that, they cut that out can't have maggots maggots. maggots on legs and an old man sick she begins to cry when suddenly dj comes up behind her when she looks down again the gurney is empty the core seems to be activating on its own and Weir decides to climb into the ship and look at the wiring at the same time this is happening we see justin's body begin to shake on the gurney while inside the ship weir begins to hear his dead wife's voice before she finally reveals herself. Miller is sitting outside waiting on Weir when suddenly a man on fire appears behind him. We then jump to the whole crew meeting talking about the things that they saw. DJ and Dr. Weir believe everyone is having hallucinations. Right after this, we see Lieutenant Stark approach Miller and explain that she thinks that the ship brought something back with it and is now alive and doesn't want them there. That's a big fucking leap. Yeah, I was surprised yeah. she came up with that. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, we'll see where I put. <clears throat> Lieutenant Stark came up with that theory pretty quick, considering they just got there. I thought I wrote something cooler that <laughs> <to> Be honest, <laughs> damn. But yeah, yeah. That I agree. Like, you would have never come up with that. You like, who the fuck would have ever thought of like put all that together based off of? Them just getting there, like what they know. Yeah, that's like hallucinating something on a road trip and being like, bro, the car has come (laughs) alive. Yeah, (laughs) like the car doesn't want us driving it. The the car is evil. The car must have drove through a black hole and evil has attached itself to the car (laughs) and it's totally making us all hallucinate shit. So Peters heads back down to the medical bay where the big explosion happens. She then begins to run back to the bridge where something is chasing her. We then hear uh, a big loud bangs on the bridge door. Uh, Weir wants to open the fucking door and let it in. Lieutenant (laughs) Stark puts that fucking arm lock on him. Yeah, she fucks him up. She fucks him up. Weir is definitely kind of like like physically he's kind of a bitch. He is. He spent so much time being a doctor he forgot to ever... Be a man. (laughs) Uh, He then attempts to open it and Stark has to restrain him. They then realize that Justin has woke up and made his way to the airlock. They attempt to talk to Justin through the airlock and all he will say is the dark from the other place is basically evil and it tortures you. So, yeah, basically, you know, Justin went through some shit when he was in the black goo. He's, he's, he was in the hole. He he's been through it. Yeah, he's he's, he's messed up. He needs a, a psychologist and therapist. That's not going to help him at this point. He needs to open that airlock. <laughs> <laughs> Justin then hits the open button, which is on a thirty-second delay, and suddenly comes to comes to and realizes what he has done. What an evil thing the shit yeah. did! <laughs> it's like yeah. Hit the watch, button and then, like... Watch this. Watch this shit right yeah. here. <laughs> uh, the door opens and Justin begins to float out into space. Which would have killed him Absolutely, It would have literally... Would have sucked p- the fucking air right out of his lungs and his oh. lungs would have been like... Yeah, boop, that was no. really loud. <laughs> that was a good sound, though. That was, that was pretty good. Pretty air, accurate. Air getting sucked exactly out of That's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> but, yes, not only that, the oxygen... In your blood would have literally, I mean, he would have boiled inside, and I'm sure all his organs would have instantly fucking collapsed upon themselves. Not in a fucking space movie, it wouldn't have. That's what I mean. These fucking space movies make up space rules. You can... You know what space movie I like? Interstellar. I love that movie, and they did it legit. Yeah, um... And Except it, that weird scene where he's like, and behind the bookshelf. Oh, that, that that's all. Weird. That's a, that whole scene. I'm still confused. I've googled best. that scene. <laughs> Probably I'm, one of the most googled movie scenes ever, because ba- everyone's like, "What?" Based off of what I read in Google, I kind of tried, I kind of pieced it together once, but I could never remember it to explain it. But looking it up, even the people who think they know, they got it right. Then you'll read something else, and they'll have a completely different explanation. It's apparently in the book, and they had to try to come up with a way to show this crazy shit, and that's what they came up with. should have just cut that out. They should have. They should have... I don't know. It's it's hard to to say what they should have did, because it's such an important part of the movie. But uh, yeah, Interstellar. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's good shit. They uh, go by actual space rules. We then see Miller grab him and quickly get him back into the ship. And while this is happening, we see Weir sitting on the bridge having visions of the core. We then jump to Miller telling DJ about a man he used to surf with on another ship years ago. The oxygen tanks ruptured on the ship and he and three others made it to the lifeboat. But this other guy was still on the ship when it caught fire. Miller seen this guy catch fire, but despite the man's pleas for help, Miller left him behind. Miller explains that he has never told anyone else that story, but the event horizon knew about it. Uh, this was the guy that Miller seen on fire back when you know he was in the room at the core. Uh, so in return, DJ tells Miller that he mistranslated the message from earlier. He now says that it says, save yourselves from hell. And I was like, that's one hell of a mistranslation. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty bad. (laughs) That's like uh, saying, hey, this says uh, go this way. And then later on, you're like, now that I'm looking at it, I think it actually meant for us to go the other way. Yeah, you know how I said north? I I listened to it again, and I fucked up. We were supposed to go south, guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, I, that's I thought he was about to tell him like some fucked up shit that happened to him that the ship knows about. <laughs> like I totally was like waiting for him to say some like really fucked up shit. You know, I I stole my girlfriend's panties or something. I don't I don't know. Like uh I, got I, my girlfriend, I wore women's clothes one time. I got my girlfriend pregnant and I punched her in the stomach as <more>. Um, You know, if I was DJ and I would have realized that I fucked this translation up at this point in the story, I just kept that to myself. What does it matter? It doesn't. What yeah. does it matter? I wasn't going to tell you this, but since you just told me that fucked up shit, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're feeling some type of way. I'm going to tell you how bad I fucked up. Since you just told me that you were a piece of shit and you left a man that burned to death mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to let you know, I have actually got 14 kids out there. <laughs> I don't pay I don't for, pay any, for of any of it. That's actually why I came to space, so I didn't have to pay child support. <laughs> uh, so in return, um, I already read that part. <laughs> it's like I, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm not actually even an engineer. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not even in uh, the army. I was the, a janitor. <laughs> the... <laughs> it's a noble profession. <laughs> Do I still have... I don't think I... Oh, I took the Saul voice off. I think I have something else. Uh, we then v- finally see the ship's log after running it through the filters. It shows the former crew being raped and violently tortured. There is blood, ripped out eyeballs, and even people puking up guts. It's pretty fucking gnarly. <laughs> yeah, I put in my notes were, were, were these people actually being raped by demons. So I guess, yes, they yeah. were. Yeah, I actually, found out what happened to the former crew, and I saved it for last mm. because this stuff they got raped by demons. Because it look? got had to get so chopped up in editing. There's actually like you're actually supposed to see what happens to these people, but because you know Paramount made them chop it up in editing, uh, we don't really get a clear of what's going on. But I will describe what actually is going on later. Mm, fuck you again, Paramount. <clears throat> Thanks a lot. No. You fucked up a, a good part of the movie. The crew is most definitely ready to leave, but Weir is demanding they stay. He says that they have to save the Event Horizon. Miller tells Weir that his plan is to get everyone on board the Lewis and Clark and then fire attack missiles at the Event Horizon, destroying it. Weir tries to get a little handsy with Miller and realizes he's about to board the fuck around and find out train. Lawrence Fishburne is not going to play. He's not going to let you get away with that. You can't put your hands on him. Uh, Weir then tells Miller that the ship won't let them leave, and he isn't worried about catching a ride back because he is already home. So he is pretty bom, much bom, bom, bom. pretty much fully evil now. Smith and Peters head down to the core to grab oxygen filters. Peters hesitates leaving with Smith because she needs one more filter. Yep, you fucked up. The core then starts turning. And Peters then pauses and begins to see visions of her son. She then climbs into the cavern of the core looking for her son, where she ultimately falls to her death. Man, this was a great fall. Yeah, she bangs every fucking thing on the way down. Well, it's like when she hits the ground. And then um, yeah, it's like the blood in the water. She and shit. like bends the metal, like the metal bends under her, and like the blood in the water splashes up behind. It is such a good like Realistic, somebody falling. I don't know why, I just I thought the fall was great. They made a concrete version of her. <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably did. I that mean, is it, a callback to Child's Play. <laughs> yes, where they actually spent time to make an entire concrete person. To throw them out the window, to crush a car. And then put explosives in the car so they like <laughs> You gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. Oh, they man. don't do it like they did it in the eighties. Yeah. uh apparently. You, when when uh when Weir finds her body and it like shows her, did you see her eyes? They're like black and silver looking. Mm. They look fucking cool. No, I was probably typing about how fucking awesome that fall was. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite deaths. If I was to die fallen, I want it to look like that. Not Without really. the silver eyes. I want the silver eyes. Uh, Weir then finds Peter's body next to the core when he suddenly has a flashback vision of his wife Claire's suicide. She ha- she says she has such wonderful things to show you. Hit those titties. Much like pinheads, I have such sights to show you. <laughs> it's like the same sentence. <laughs> yeah. He had to get away from Alien. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe he just always wanted to make a Hellraiser. He should have made the um, everything after three because they fucking suck. Uh, after, uh, after she says that, she then rips out Weir's eyes. Smith talks to Cooper who says the repair to the Lewis and Clark will be finished in two minutes. He then sees Weir ominously leaving the Clark. Smith attempts to stop Weir and ask him why he is on board but he isn't fast enough. He informs Miller who then notices one of the explosives from the horizon is missing. He tries to warn Smith, but it is too late when the Lewis and Clark suddenly explodes. We also see that Cooper, because of the explosion, is now stuck out in space. Two things. The CGI on the outside shot of this spaceship blowing up is the worst fucking CGI (laughs) I may have ever seen. It's only two seconds of it because they go back and forth between like four or five shots. But the far away shot, I'm pretty sure they did it in stop motion for like a cut. Like it's like a half a second. But if it is not stop motion and it is CGI, it is fucking it like it looks like third graders did it like third graders in computer class. It's just bad. second thing is Cooper's got some bad luck. Yeah, this this dude's like he's going through it. He is. You get, you survive an explosion only to be latched onto a side of a, the ship, a chunk of metal flying out into space from Neptune. I'm sure that, you know, this kind of goes for most people, but my number one fear for being in space is being out there by myself in just a spacesuit knowing I'm running out of oxygen. Yeah. Number one fear. It's probably a lot of people's fear. I'd rather the fucking, you know, Oxygen run out in the ship or the fucking door breaking, and then everything gets sucked out. I'd rather that than me just be floating out there slowly suffocating by myself. Yeah, and I'm not sure if we have spacesuits that could withstand how cold it is at Neptune.
1: I don't know. This is 2047.
0: 2047. I don't think they have them then either. I've been there. Oh, okay. It didn't seem like they had them. They were still using CDs for God's sakes. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it would be extremely fucking cold out there. So DJ gets a warning from Miller about, uh, Weir while in the medical deck. He grabs a weapon to set out and kill Weir, but when he turns around, we see a possessed Weir, who is missing his eyes, grab DJ and slam him against a wall. He then places DJ on a gurney and grabs a scalpel. Miller, uh, runs to the med deck to help DJ but when he arrives, he finds some fucked up shit. I mean, some God. fucked up shit. This is the coolest part of the movie, and I it sucks that we didn't get to see more of it. He is, like, strung up by these metal wires. Yeah, he, so how do I explain His torso is... I was is, about to. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. And You I mean, probably, you took, you probably <laughs> took more time in it than I did. I was just going to freestyle it off the top of the yeah, head. Okay. Well, you can add gonna, on to what I don't it, have. It was going to make a good mixtape. Uh, he finds DJ's body hung from hooks on the ceiling by his skin. His body cavity is opened up and he has been almost completely hollowed out. There is also some weird symbols painted in blood on the wall behind him. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> I was going to say the hollowed out part was a good detail. I, I wasn't going to put that in there. Uh. Uh, definitely didn't notice the symbols either. Yeah, that that blew mine away. Yeah. Uh, Miller then grabs some kind of space-age nail gun. I guess I'm not really exactly sure what that thing is. It's space. That's, That's uh, it's, once again space shit doesn't have to make sense. But I mean, I like, couldn't even tell what it was. I feel like lazy writers do space movies because nothing has to make sense. Uh, but basically, uh, Miller is gonna kill Weir. That's that's where we're at here at this This point. Did you see earlier in the movie when he's working? I think it's Cooper's working on the ship, and he has that thing, and it's like slamming these bolts into the metal. Yeah, it's like a big nail gun. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what this was. That's what I think it is too, but I don't know why the fuck it's in the medical bay. Maybe the My medical da- bay needed to be fixed. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> we're gonna say maybe we need to bolt some people back together. <laughs> in space that would probably work. Uh Miller checks the bridge for weir uh, when he finds an unconscious Lieutenant Stark. I thought she was in on it at this point. Do you didn't you think that Stark was? Yeah, when she was conveniently passed out while, you know, everything was going on. Well he fucking throws her. No, that you know, we haven't got to this point yet. We haven't we haven't got there yet. Like we haven't seen her in a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah and you're then getting there. That's yeah, far yeah, we haven't got there yet. And this is when, you know, he finds DJ all fucking strung up and hollowed out and he gets the little space nail gun and he's looking for Stark and he comes across her and she's conveniently knocked out, not really hurt, just knocked out on the floor of the bridge. And I was like, "Oh fuck, she's in on it." And that make, and I was like, "That makes sense of why she like had that, oh the ship's alive theory." Because she, she's mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, turns out I was wrong. I know <laughs> when, if she would have came to me with that theory, I'd have thought she was in on it after everything started happening too. At that point, there was a million things that this shit could have been, and she nailed right in the coffin on that theory. She nailed it down. Uh, he wakes her up as they are leaving the bridge. Weir spins around in the stupid fucking ball sack captain's chair. (laughs) Look he looks fucked up. His face is all cut up. The scrotum chair. (laughs) His eyes are missing and his hands are cut up and bloody. (laughs) It's it's the scrotum throne. Yeah. Uh this is um the famous scene that kinda everybody knows from this movie is him sitting in this chair. Do you Did you recognize this? Because I know you haven't seen the meme a bunch of times. No. Oh, wow. Huh. Uh, Not mi- a big meme guy. I mean, I don't no, like go and post no. memes myself, but I see them all the time. Uh, Miller says, what happened to your eyes? And he says, where well, we're going, we don't need eyes to see. Famous ah. quote. Yep. Which Sounds is like weird. something that came out of a Hellraiser too. Uh, Pretty sure that's been an in in Well, how one, could you have such sights to show you if you don't have <laughs> eyes to see them? <laughs> I have such sights for you to put your hands on and feel. <laughs> weird basically explains that the event horizon tore a hole in the universe and went to another dimension, a dimension of pure evil. And when the ship came back through the portal, it was now possessed with that evil and weir then starts punching buttons to start up the core and open another black hole it's going to take everybody back to the hell dimension and suddenly stark attacks him from the side she throws uh she throws she gets thrown Man, across she the room throw shit she gets fucking th- he he said this is payback for that fucking arm Bar you put me in earlier. Yeah. This is Fuck a whole you. new fucking weird you're dealing with, bitch. Yeah. I'm possessed. I got evil power about now. It. I've been to hell and back. When uh, so he- the highway, the highway to hell should have started playing. That would have been weird. <laughs> <laughs> but not When he opens up the portal, <laughs> uh, he throws her across the room, knocking her back out again. So conveniently, she is now asleep. Just minutes later, she slept this whole movie. <laughs> Weir now has the nail gun thing, uh, and he points it at Miller. I'm not really sure how he got that. How did he get that from Miller? Miller had it. He's fucking evil, man. <laughs> the, ship, the ship gave it to him. I nagged. Dude, I've seen this movie like eight times. I've never been able to figure out how he got that maybe, fucking thing. Maybe there's a scene where they take it and Lawrence Fishburne was like, no. Or well, Paramount I'm not was having like. having something taken from me in a movie. Paramount was like, no. <laughs> Captain Lawrence does not. Get shit taken from him. I sat it down. Um, we then see that Cooper is outside of the deck's main window and he can't stop. He's he's got no space breaks. <laughs> this guy's got the worst fucking luck. <laughs> it's like I <a> can't stop. <laughs> It's my computer. Uh, Weir fires the gun at Cooper, putting a hole in the glass. This causes all the air in the room to suck out, and Weir is blindly just shooting in all directions. Bro, this man floated from far. Like he was up (laughs) in Neptune's atmosphere. Like he was almost out of Neptune's atmosphere. He floated all the fucking way back. The moment he hits the ship, he gets a fucking nail shot through his mask. The two, they do like yeah. their face. Uh, the bolts uh, on the captain's chair break from the pressure, and we see Weir is sucked out of the window of the ship. There goes the nuts. Fuck that chair. <laughs> Miller crawls to uh, safety into the hallway, and right before he closes the door, he sees Stark yelling for his help. It's, look, it. it's the same situation as the guy on fire. Here we are again. Yep. yep. He jams the door and pulls Stark to safety because. He vowed to never leave another man, a.k.a. or woman, don't be sexist, behind again. They see the side door activated, and they think it is Weir trying to get in, but actually, it's just Cooper. So Cooper lives. Yay, the, he's back. This whole thing was stupid, though. Like, why did Weir shoot the fucking window out trying to shoot Cooper? Cooper was outside. Like, he wasn't gonna do anything. He's drunk with power and evil. Well, he got his nuts sucked out the fucking ship because of it. I wonder where that stupid nuts chair went. (laughs) (laughs) It's on Neptune. Frozen Neptune's gas atmosphere. It's just like got caught in the orbit, and it's just flying through this frozen, icy gas. They all decide to be (laughs) stupid and split up again. Cooper is going to activate the emergency beacon. Uh Stark is going to get the forward deck slash lifeboats ready. And Miller is going to start. <laughs> Miller is going to set the explosives to go off and blow the part of the ship up that has the core attached to it. Question. Answer. Why are these why are they built in explosives all over these ships? Um, so there's not all over the ship. It is just so the ship is broken into two parts. There's one part where the crew can live and everything. And then there's a big long tunnel that separates it from the uh, the area with the core and the engine of the ship. And the reason that they're separated is because there's so much like magnetic, uh, like a magnetic field mm-hmm. that it allows the crew to not have to live amongst. Because I guess all their personal items get fucked up with the magnetic field. It doesn't say, but there's only explosives in the tube that connects those two parts of the ship, and they built it that way to blow the tube up in case for some reason something went wrong with the black hole part of the ship, and they could just leave it and go home. Yeah, why didn't they just build like a quick release or something? It because would have been way easier, way was, less dangerous. I have an answer for that. Okay. It was the 90s, and you needed an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> It's like they just needed that they're like, We got the budget. We are gonna put built in explosions. I mean, did you the see ship. the explosions on in Independence Day? Did they need to be that big? No. <laughs> but they were. But they were. Um, so we, uh, we then see a fuck ton of blood start, (laughs) they stopped smoking, they're so stressed now they ditched the cigarettes and they are getting high as hell. Cooper and Stark is like, let's get fucked up before fucking Fishburne gets back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they see a fuck ton of blood start, uh, flooding the ship. Then Miller is attacked by the fire guy and is forced to run and hide in the room with the core. Miller is then confronted by the fire guy, who it turns out is really just an evil, upgraded version of Weir. The ship brought him back. He, he is, is fucking awesome. Looking he out is now. awesome. He I, is pinhead. I was like something. Yep. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. definitely has a Hellraiser Cenobite kind of thing. Hey, going they on. shaped his fucking eyebrows and everything, bro. This guy had a hard on for Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, he totally had, like, a Hellraiser boner. <laughs> it is his favorite movie. <laughs> he literally, like, wants a BJ from Chatter. Oh, wow, that's <laughs> awful. <laughs> or the one who's like, neck hole looks like a vagina. <laughs> What's the fuck, fuck? The neck hole he does. He is all about some Hellraiser. He's like, fucking, pin me up, bro. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, so I he's actually really scary too. Like if I come across this motherfucker looking like this, that he would he would scare me. He's I fucking scary. I think he would scare me more than Penhead. Yeah, he's fucking, he's fucking scary. Because they did a really good job on the lacerations that are all over his face. Oh, phenomenal! They're like the way they did it. They obviously added a lot of depth to his face, so it looks like the cuts are deep. It looks really cool. I believe that Sam Neill spent six hours in makeup for this. Yeah, Um, I believe it. And he lost his fucking eyebrows. That's unfortunate. Uh, Weir grabs his head and then shows him a vision of the hell dimension. And there he sees his crew, one by one, being brutally tortured. That's great imagery. I love this. And this was supposed to be way longer. Yeah, I wish this would have been like half of the movie. It would have been such a better <laughs> movie. Just the scene no, of people being tortured. Not for, not this not for 45 this, minutes. All right, not this same scene. All right, well, it would have been a better movie even, even if they did that. But just this this imagery that they use and the really like evil, t- you know, kind of it sounds like they wanted to do that and and they did. Paramount fucked it up. This it's it's really good. Like it looks really good. It's totally Hellraiser, one hundred percent. They may have even copied some shit directly from Hellraiser. Um, but yeah, it was really fucking cool. And then the the very next thing I hate. So you can go ahead because I'm sure you'll touch on it right now. Yeah, yeah. Give me the torture. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Miller begins to fight back. Where he says, "Don't take my." Crew, <laughs> <laughs> so fucking cringy. <laughs> um, I made a promise. <laughs> I'd die for my crew. I'll kill my mom for my crew. As the gateway begins to open, Miller spots the detonator for the explosives. Miller then grabs the controller and presses the button, sacrificing himself for Stark and Cooper. Hold on, you you skipped you skipped the whole part. Where this became a sci-fi, horror, horror, martial arts action movie. Yeah, I don't like want to they, talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. They have a whole, like, Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee fucking fight scene. It's like, it's quick. And next we see. how <laughs> <laughs> was like, this, this literally just became the first sci-fi, horror, right, martial yeah. arts action movie. It's a little bit of Morpheus from... The Matrix. It is. It's, it's 100%. He said, I'm not doing it if there's not a Morpheus fight scene in it. Yeah. Uh, and then the detonator is just conveniently next to him. You know, there's another. It's Like, where it, did it, that come from? It has, nothing to, it has nothing to do with this, but it's an observation. You know the little button that they smack on the side of the big doors that open and close? Mm-hmm. Those are sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I have them at work. That's a $60 million budget, and they were using sanders. Those are compressed air, um, just little, little orbital sanders is what they are. <laughs> and only the compressed air ones have that little metal tab on the top. And yeah, every time I seen that in that movie, I'm like, yep, yeah, you just painted that black and stuck it onto the wall. <laughs> Jigsaw must have been here. It's <laughs> like, I gotta paint this shit black. It doesn't fit. This is a gothic oh, shit. I can't. Man. Yeah, back in 1997, they probably only had compressed airwinds. I don't even know if they had They probably ones. used so much black spray paint in this movie for <laughs> the ship. The million dollars of the $60 million was black spray paint. All those, all those spikes are like fucking ice cream cone wrappers painted mm. black, but up there. Uh, so we see the back half of the event horizon get sucked into the black hole as Stark and Cooper watch from the other half of the ship. Next, we see it has been 72 days later and a rescue ship have found what's left of the event horizon. Justin, Stark, and Cooper are all in hypersleep but alive. They wake Stark up first and she grabs onto the rescue person. He assures her that everything is fine and then removes his helmet. In surprise, it's Evil Weir. Dun, dun, Dun 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 dun. I was really hoping they ended the movie there. Yeah, I did too. That's where it ended for me. But... I quit paying attention. <laughs> it was just a dream, Boo. and they have been saved by a real rescue team, and that is the end of this movie. So they thought they thought it was a real rescue team, but it was actually We're All Along. Yeah. I Yeah, <laughs> I was... When I first seen this, I was stoked when they took the helmet off and it was weird. And I was like, "Oh, they're in the hell dimension." Yeah, me too. And then and was it was so like, down. nah, they're safe." I got fuck. I have blue balls sitting in this chair right now because of that ending. Give me the torture. <laughs> Doing was, Mr. Burns hands. <laughs> I thought they were. I thought they were gonna do the dark grim ending, and they they. Uh-huh. they Pussed out. You know what they probably did in fucking puss-ass Paramount's like, nope, Phyllis didn't like that ending. There is alternate endings. There is alternate endings for this. Well, there should be. And I guarantee Paramount had something to do with this ending. Um, They get found in 72 days, bro. It took them like 56 days just to get there. I can't remember the other ending. There was another ending. I don't know. Maybe they all ended up in the hell dimension, but it it did not do well. It was hated in the test um, audience, so they had to change it to this ending. You know Phyllis likes the happy endings. Yeah. Phyllis and Herbert over there. It's like, oh, I don't like this. I'm going back to church. Give me the torture. Why do I sound New York? (laughs) Give me the torture. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know where that came Need from. Need a hot dog. Um, I thought I could say hot dog in a New York accent. Give me the hot dog. From. Give me the torture. Um, around the five-minute mark of the movie, the rotational shot of the space station over Earth took nearly a third of the film's visual effects budget. <laughs> the the. What? Say that again. In the very beginning of the movie, when it shows um, Weir's living in the space station above Earth, mm-hmm. yeah. So that took a third of the film's visual effects budget. God, I barely paid attention to that. Yeah, that was that's how you know CGI was back in the nineties. It took ten weeks to create a forty-five second shot. Why didn't they just like? Not do the shot, or just do like what Star Wars did—just make a miniature. Yeah, well, making a miniature of Earth, making it look legit, would be pretty difficult. They just, they just Star Wars p- did it. Paramount just like pulled the globe out of the back. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars was also making planets that weren't real, so we didn't know what they looked. like. We didn't like. have to know it was Earth. We—I don't think I wouldn't did even pay attention to the. Fact I didn't it was either. Earth. I'm, so that's why I said. <laughs> uh, uh, third of the budget put on some something nobody plugin, ever even watched. Put some blue back there. That's all I need to like know. The people were still getting popcorn at the theaters. They probably didn't even see this. Uh, Kurt Russell actually predicted the cult following for this movie uh, that it would eventually gain. When he screened the movie in 1998 with the director, he said, Forget what this movie is doing now. In 15 years time, this is going to be a movie you are glad you made. He was right. Look at that. Hmm. Kurt Russell's done some good things in his life. From the fucking thing, man. He's done some good things. Uh, the rotating corridor, aka the meat grinder, is supposed to represent the nine circles of hell from Dante's Inferno. Thought that was cool. Mm. And here is the grand finale the icing on the cake. Clive Barker, who did Hellraiser, was a huge influence on this movie and actually consulted during pre-production. Oh, big surprise. Yeah, that's why there's so much Hellraiser imagery. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, though. It is. I mean, th- that's the best part to the movie, by far. Yeah. Before that's Bear Mount that's fucked it why all I up. like this movie so much. You know, I feel like this movie could have been a at least a half, if not .8 higher on my rating if it if they made it from what it sounds like they wanted to make it which is a lot more of the really gory evil imagery that they that they had in very short parts of the movie so fuck you Paramount for that and also fix your goddamn app <laughs> cuz your fucking app sucks uh so ratings and kill count the kill count here is 5 we have Peters, who falls to her death after chasing a hallucination of her son. Smith, who is killed by a bomb planted by Weir on the Lewis and Clark. DJ, who is dissected and hung from the ceiling by Weir. Then we have Weir and Miller, who may have died in the explosion or were tortured to death in the hell dimension. Um, so uh, at this point, I'm going to bring up the uh, original crew of the Event Horizon. Um, All the crew members, which totals was 18 people, were killed using self-mutilation and murder as they went into hell. At least one man was eaten alive by fellow crew members and one woman was raped while being stabbed. John Kilpatrick, the captain of the Event Horizon, had his eyes forcibly gouged out and was found with deep lacerations across his face, presumably causing his death by blood loss. He is actually the guy floating around frozen that falls and shatters. He's mm, the captain. Okay, yeah, we know this because of the missing eyes and the gouges to his face. Um, yeah, as for the um, the guy who was eaten alive. Uh, this is all stuff that was cut out of that scene. I actually could see that's the word I could tell was, that somebody was being eaten. There was a guy, there was a scene where somebody's actually puking up a bunch of like oh, guts and blood. So, that's yeah, that's so like gnarly. that's supposed to be the guy who was eating the other guy. They should have put that in there. Well, they tried, and yeah, uh, and you, you said there was a girl was raped and stabbed at the same time. Yeah, she's also, um, if you if you go back and you watch that scene where that you know showing the cat the ship's log or whatever, um, yeah, she's the woman who's like screaming, and then there's somebody like raping her or whatever. Somebody's also stabbing her. And Paramount's like, we got to get this double penetration out of this movie. This is what they hired the the porno people I, for. I know? would imagine for the rape scene, they hired the porn guy to do the eating. <laughs> Maybe he did both. I don't he got know. there with a big card cock after eating like four Viagra's, and they're like, "No, bro, you're just you're just eating, you're yeah. just eating fake body parts." Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's 18 people in that ship. Man, God, I wish we could see that. Uh, I I didn't I didn't talk about it too much earlier, but I will quickly include it. So, um, the director has said many times that he would love to not just create a director's cut but even just see the footage he hasn't seen it since he made the film Um, one of the guys one of the producers I think that worked on the movie with him in 2017 informed him that he had actually found a VHS tape of the original screening this is the tape one of the tapes they used for test screenings and it had the original version of the film on it and he was like fucking awesome so he kind of announced it to everybody and he's like you know, I at least want to see it. I at least want to watch it. But then recently, um, maybe like a year or so ago, somebody asked him about it, and he said that he still had not seen the tape. And the reason why is because this producer had moved to, I think he said like Italy or something, and they still have not actually gotten their hands on the tape. So it's still out there somewhere. Well, if I had the money he probably has, I would just fly to Italy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would want to see that. Good. Tell my wife, like, we're going on fucking vacation. But we do know there was a, I think it was the Friday the 13th episode with all the old kills that they cut out of that. Yeah. That there is VHS versions of it because we've seen it. And that's when we actually found out that it was not, uh, a lot of times not possible to convert the VHS versions to well, that, us being well, able on. to see it. No, so. it, that that's that's not true. We can convert VHS into digital. With the Friday the 13th, versions of it, it was the raw raw footage on the VHS. They, they didn't go in and, and doctor it up. Yeah, this this is so, the same. So if they would have converted that VHS over, it would still look like shit because it would be the raw footage. Yeah, um, they would have to do this whole movie this way because because the production time was cut so short, they didn't have a chance to really actually fully edit and do the movie. When they had to, when Paramount made them send it to um, be test screened, which is one of the things the director was kind of pissed about, and because Paramount did nothing but rush them and then complain about what they got, and so this is a it's kind of the same thing. This is a very rough cut raw version of the movie too. I would imagine they at least like the Friday the Thirteenth didn't even ha- they didn't even have sound behind it. It was just I would hope that they at least. They at least did the audio for it. They sent it to be fucking test screen. Um, yeah, I think in 2019, uh, Paramount actually greenlit a Event Horizon show that I believe is a prequel to this movie. That uh, they're going to fuck up. They huh? have a director for it, and um, I want to say one of the original writers from this movie had something to do with it. But as of right now, there hasn't been anything about it. So, um, So, Favorite Kill. Uh, Since it's my movie, I will go first. And my favorite kill was easily, hands down, DJ. Yep. DJ, I thought, was the best one. And I'll tell you some interesting thing about him. The original version was that DJ was still alive when Miller found him. Uh, His guts were hanging out. Miller was forced to mercy kill him by shooting him in the head. They didn't do it this way because they unfortunately ran out of time to film that scene. Also, the actor loved the model of himself cut open, uh, made by the effects team so much, he actually asked to keep it. I I would have tried to keep it too. Well, the effects team were so freaked out by that that they lied and said no because they needed it for more shots. They were freaked out by him wanting to keep it? Yeah. Yeah, he wanted to take it home. He wanted to have it. Yep, that's apparently the story. I would put that shit on the fucking, in the middle of my living room. Yeah, he loved it. I thought it it was awesome. It was fucking great looking. I mean, when it comes to best kills, that's kind of hard to top. Uh, I'm going to say Smith getting blown up. (laughs) Your, Your face. (laughs) <laughs> it just showed him like upset that he was going to die yeah, and then no. you literally complained about the fucking CGI explosion. It's good. <laughs> no, uh definitely DJ. Mm. But I I will say I knew you were going to pick that because that's by far that as as I yeah, that's As down. I said when you mentioned it, I thought that was the coolest thing in the entire movie. Mm. Um but I, I I will say an honorable mention was the fall. Yeah, that was good. the The fall. Uh, what's her What's her fucking name? Peters. Uh, Peters. Yeah, Peters. Fall was great. It was It was a really, really realistic fall. I'll give them that. My runner up was the uh, ball sack chair. <laughs> <laughs> scrotum throne. Scrotum throne's gone. God damn scrotum throne. Um. All right. So ratings. So my rating for this movie. Is way too high. It's a three point nine. <laughs> yep, I gave this movie a three point nine. You were 9. gonna do that. Yeah. Um. I I love the imagery of this movie. That the makeup is amazing. The practical effects are amazing. I do like most of the characters. I don't think the characters are bad. Uh, I think that the cutting the stuff out majorly hurt this movie. If they wouldn't have cut this shit out. I probably would have gave it like a four point three or something. Yeah, I would give it real high. I I like this movie. It very much is like a Hellraiser movie to me, which I love the first 3 of those. I think like if you compiled all the Hellraiser parts, it's like a minute and a half movie though. That's the problem. I like the movie. I don't know. I just like the movie. I like Lawrence Fishburne in the movie. I like everybody in this movie. I'm a, I'm a fan of this. I don't think Event Horizon sucks, which apparently not uh, most other people don't either. I mean, I don't the average audience is three point nine. Yeah, I was actually surprised at that. Some of the the, the ratings you went over in the beginning. Uh, I expected this to get a much lower. Space movies don't normally do that. Space horror movies don't normally get very good ratings. Leprechaun in space, man, it was yeah, awesome. You good old Jason X <laughs> versus Leprechaun. I actually, in haven't space. seen. That? I haven't seen Leprechaun in space. All right, so I gave this movie a three point two. I think it has a a really cool original premise. The idea of the ship coming to life, being evil, to get stuck in another dimension. I th- I thought it was a cool idea. Um, I loved the awesome Hellraiser imagery. I think that if the movie would have had more of that, and it, I didn't know when I wrote this rating that you know that, that it, it was supposed to be a bunch more of that. I thought if, if if you had half of the movie as that I would have gave this probably a at least half a point higher. It would have been close to a 4. I thought the effects people did a fantastic job. The the practical effects that are in this movie are done fucking really 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 well. I will say that the acting was good, but I didn't care for the characters. Oh, man, we have the opposite opinion on the characters. I like them. I thought the characters were just very stereotypical spaceship crew characters. Like, I thought that some of the backstories of why the characters were having these hallucinations should have been touched on a little more. Like, they're just kind of thrown at us, and we don't really know what the story is behind them. Uh, this of course it's a space movie. It's loaded with CGI, so I mean, I kind of knock it for that. But then again, it's a fucking space movie, so w- what do you expect? I will say, I'm not a fan of space movies, space space <laughs> really? horror movies. But I I did I didn't think this was a bad movie. I'll say that I thought it was a good movie. Three, I, I don't know, 3.2, that's that's not a bad movie. I put that up as... Uh, no, that's, that's it, not a bad that's rating. A, it's, yeah, it's not bad. That's um, a better than... You it's know. better than any other... Uh, I'm not going to say any other space horror movie, because there is one other space horror movie that I would probably put up there, maybe a little higher. But it's it's a decent movie. If you, if you like space horror movies, or you like sci-fi horror, you will love this fucking movie. If you like Hellraiser... Like the whole imagery, you'll like this movie. Um, I will say if you took the Hellraiser imagery away from this movie, I would have hated it. Oh yeah. No. The imagery is what makes this movie. And you know, most people that do really like this movie or are fans of it are very aware of the cut stuff. That's what I said at the beginning of the of the movie is everybody that likes this movie is fucking still pissed off that they fucked this movie out of being something that really would have been great. Yeah, I will say that it was cool enough, and I liked this movie enough where I would pay money to see that. I'd pay good money to see if they had all those scenes added back in there. Like, I think that this movie would probably be a 4... Or higher, if they had it all. Because that, that was my favorite part. I thought they did a fucking fantastic job on all of that. I will say, like, with the with the setting and being in space and the really gothic theme of the setting of the spaceship and a lot of the Hellraiser imagery, I thought the cinematography team could have did some cooler stuff. I thought they could have set up some really cool shots with that. But, um, yeah. There's some some things I really, really like, and there's some things that I really, really don't like. Yeah, one thing that is such a bummer about this movie is this director turned down really one of the, probably the beginning of the big superhero movie craze, which was the X-Men that came out in like 2000. That was really the start of what we're still dealing with now. And he turned that down because he loved horror so much. And he put a lot of effort into making a horror movie, and he took on a serious challenge of doing a space horror movie. And he went balls to the wall, and he got fucked for it. Not even just you know, the 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 cuts they made him do, but his his shooting schedule got chopped like chopped up, like way shorter than normal. His post production, they rushed that, then they demanded, and it was all because. Of the fucking movie Titanic. yeah, I I give this movie a lot more respect based off of what they had to deal with. And they still put out a decent product in my eyes. It's not great. I don't love it. I don't hate it. But considering what they had to deal with to get what they did get made, I give them huge props for that. Yeah, I also, you know, give props to Sam Neill for doing, to doing this kind of movie. You know, he was really kind of a more wholesome, especially after all the Jurassic Parks and stuff. He's kind of known as more of a wholesome guy. And he joined a movie that was, if it wouldn't have been chopped up, would have been very controversial. And he plays evil really good. And shout out to Lawrence Fishburne for playing himself. for Yeah, for playing uh, Morpheus before he played Morpheus. That's where they got Morpheus from. <laughs> or the other fifteen roles he had that he played the same character in. But yeah, um, this, you know, this movie gets fucked over hardcore. And then Paramount, you know, all of a sudden wants to cash in. But I am glad that the the movie gets its recognition now and the director knows that it's a, a, a beloved movie and there are a lot of horror fans that treasure this movie. Yeah, I I do really really like hearing that this movie has a big cult following and that the director knows it because I do give him a lot of props to turning down the big superhero movie to do a horror movie just cuz he loved horror so much. So the fact that this has a huge cult following that, you know, that makes me happy. So, I you know, the last thing you want him to do is re- regret it. You know, he's a huge as a as a huge horror movie fan, if I got that offer and I turned down this massive movie and all this money and went and made this horror movie out of my love for horror and then all the horror fans hated it, it would be very, very upsetting, be very depressing. And uh, so I'm glad that he knows that there's a lot of people out there that really love this movie. And he knows that people know that this movie was supposed to be even better than what it ended up being. Yeah, uh, so huge props to him. I wonder if he was uh if he was good friends with uh Clyde Barker before taking this role. You know, it wouldn't surprise me because he got Clyde Barker to come on and do a lot of stuff um to basically cuz he remember he rewrote the movie. Like it was supposed to be like a haunting alien movie and he went back and rewrote all this stuff and very obviously he took a lot of inspiration from um, he claims he says he took inspiration from Hellraiser and he took inspiration from The Shining. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I I could one hundred percent see Clive Barker being a huge uh, inspiration to him before he made this movie, and maybe his work is what you know caused him to love horror. So when he got a shot at horror, he he really wanted to, you know, bring him on and kind of go down that same path. That's it for us. We hope you guys like this movie like we do. We hope you check it out. It's fun. It, you know, even if you're not a big space movie person, which I'm not a big space movie person, and very obviously he dislikes space movies, but uh, we the still space like this horror. one. Yeah, this, this is this, this is space a horror movie. Well, you know, we only really do horror movies here, so <laughs> <laughs> but uh, once again, we thank you guys for listening. Please give us a follow or like if you enjoy the show, it helps us a ton. Tell a friend, a family member, or your favorite hallucination about the show. We hope to see you next time. Any last words? Grotom Throne. Give me the torture.